There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com. Your weekend home for all things sport. This is The Grill on Dubai Eye 103.8. Live from Barasti. Here's Tom Urquhart. You're listening to The Grill. Live, not the agenda, Tom. I, know, I, was there, I was almost there. I was almost there. Just gone 10 a.m. It's just gone 10 a.m. <laughs> Zena's got the latest traffic for us. <laughs> uh, we're listening to uh, the grill. We are live from uh, Brasti, where the game is always on, uh, and a lot of people coming in for the yeah. Emirates FA Cup fourth rounds. We'll give you more details on that one in just a little while. They're, they're very quickly going to wish they hadn't. <laughs> Tom, yeah, it's some some interesting scores. Is it's half time at all the games, is it? Now? There is indeed. Yeah, there has been the sum total of. Five goals across nine games. Brilliant. <laughs> six, six if you include the one that's already finished. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> However, there has been a bit of action down at the cricket. Uh, not great news for South Africa, but good news for England. So just let you know that England uh, got 400 uh, before they were bowled out a little earlier on today. Uh, that was um, uh, as a result of some uh, good late batting uh, from the England uh, batsman in that one uh, uh, Broad scored 43 from 28 which is long overdue uh, and uh, Mark Wood with a quick fire 35 as well from 39 finished on 400 funny old scorecard that Tom yeah a 66 a 44 a 59 a 56 a 32 a 43 lots of players getting in yeah and then no it's one good. really sort of kicking yeah. off but um, it's good it looked like it would be a lot worse at the end of uh, play last night so get 400 is great what's happened since then is even better from an England perspective as well South Africa uh, falling to 74 for the loss of four wickets which meal they trail uh, still trailing them by 326 runs with six wickets remaining in that one the man uh, doing the damage uh, well they're showing them around really uh, Stokes, Wood, Curran and Wokes all picking up wickets the first four that is uh, Quentin de Kock and uh, Timu Bavuma are the batsmen left at the crease but the uh, four top order Elga Milan Van Dersen and of course Faf de Plessis, all falling early in that response Ben Stokes Tom yeah. put me in the picture of this one I woke up to this news yesterday <laughs> day one yesterday a young fan has mouthed off at Ben Stokes and it's weird that England in the ascendancy you would think oh, just, just take it on the chin Ben and get off he lost the plot he said a few curse things right yeah a couple of expletives I don't think it would be wise for us to repeat exactly what he said uh, live <laughs> yeah. on air it was picked up though by the, 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 the uh, by the mics yeah and that's why they've had to be to, been addressed he's been fined today uh, lots of apologies as well have you got the official statement yeah credit credit I mean listen we, we can't to say that it was acceptable what Ben Stokes did but he's very quick to release a statement he's posted on Twitter today um, or late last night should I say I wish to apologise for my language that was heard on a live broadcast today after my dismissal I should not have reacted in that way as I was leaving the player area subjected to repeated abuse from the crowd I admit that my reaction was unprofessional and I sincerely apologise for the language I used especially to the many young fans watching the live telecast around the world Throughout the test so far, the support from both sets of fans, England and South Africa, has been brilliant. One incident will not ruin such a competitive series, which we are determined to win. That's Ben Stokes. I want to get the thoughts of Nasser Hussein, if we can, because, uh, well, Nasser Hussein has Indeed. been speaking about this. Nasser Hussein has been talking just about the issue with Ben Stokes, and he raises an interesting point. Take a listen. We know Ben Stokes, it makes him the cricketer that he is. We can't applaud him for doing a World Cup final. We can't applaud him for Headingley and then knock him hugely 
for showing a bit of emotion walking off. It's what makes him the cricketer that he is. I play with Graham Gooch. Every time Graham Gooch got out, whether it be a good decision, a bad decision, got a volley or whatever, he'd sit in the Essex dressing room, the England dressing room, he would get his mail out and he'd sign a few autographs. I never saw him throw his bat or his gloves or anything because he was different, Ben Stokes is different, Rabada's different, Michael Atherton's different. You have to have different characters and different emotions in a game of cricket. What really I find weird in sport nowadays, and I follow a bit of football, and you go to the Arsenal, you put the telly on, Super Sunday, and they home in on a throw-in, and you see some fan in the background giving the lad that's throwing the ball in a volley of abuse. I do not understand that mentality. You're paying so much money to watch brilliant sportsmen play the game that you are abusing that sportsman, that you're going there because you appreciate. That bloke who turned up yesterday abused Stokes even though he's paying money to go and watch Stokes play. I do not understand this mentality that you go to a sporting occasion and just because someone's on the opposition, when I go and see Arsenal Man City and Raheem Sterling does something, I'm in absolute awe. The last thing I'm thinking is I've got to abuse this bloke because he plays for Man City. I'm thinking this bloke can do things I would never dream of. When Bo Ben Stokes is out, give him a clap. Be really pleased because South Africa got him out. Don't give him a volley. If you give him a volley, someone like Ben Stokes will give you a volley back and we get into this trouble. I'm not condoning it. Ben Stokes was issued apology. He shouldn't have done it. He'll probably get a demerit point. He'll probably get a fine. But people have emotions. He did get all of those and above. Um, yeah, look, NASA, I get that. But at the same point, isn't that one of the reasons that we go and support teams? Isn't that one of the reasons we go not to abuse players individually, no. but it's the passions run high? I think this individual that's been picked on uh, obviously uh, had been uh, indulging uh, in this, that and t'other throughout the day. I just, there's just... I mean, I, and I know we should be really serious about it and say, you know, hopefully no young fans heard the, heard the language, etc. I just... There is, there is a comical side to this whole story. And the comical side to this story is this South African in a one-day shirt who'd obviously been getting tired and emotional throughout proceedings chose the moment to, as Ben Stokes was out for two, to run 50 metres full peg down to the uh, boundary rope to direct a little volley at him, which basically referenced uh, the fact that Ben Stokes is ginger <laughs> and immediately liking him to the singer Ed Sheeran. Which, you know, I mean, you can't really deny either of those, uh, those, no, those accusations ginger. that were yeah. given against him. And of all the people that you could be likened to, possibly the greatest uh, or, or the most successful songwriter on the planet at the moment, you've got to sort of go with that. Yeah, you? Not, not a bad thing. If someone said, Chris, Ed Sheeran, I'd say thank you. I'm not as talented as that man. But listen, there is that. And, and again going to be very careful maybe, we're on national maybe radio. ben stokes is an ellie golding fan and she broke poor ed sheeran's heart <laughs> so you did. just never know where he's coming from she Tom. absolutely did the, uh, the, the other thing i would say about it is ben stokes is an extraordinary talent yeah but he's also a fiery he's a individual. bit of a he's a bit of he's a bit of a he's not yeah. he's a bit of a dog but, but but that's what makes him the player he is yeah is that level? Listen again. Not condoning it, but you need that sort of fight, that sort of not condoning, but kind of condoning. Because I'm in the same boat in all of this, and you know what? I'm going to just go and say it. I've said it for a long time. I'm with Nasser. I take your point, Tom. But I commend sportsmen and women on a daily, weekly basis. But you have some of the abuse, and you're going to tell me they've got to be professional about it. No, that you have Matt. a responsibility when there's TV cameras there, Chris. I, I completely agree. Listen, it's, if it was, I tell you, they're human me, beings. They they're are human beings. They are human beings. But it's a, it's a. It's you a cannot career. 
Sport has gone way beyond just being really good at sport. I'm sorry, it's not. That's not what it is. And this is. It seems like a silly, over-the-top example to be drawing this out, but. Sport is not just about being a sportsman anymore. It's about being a professional, and I, I, I'd loathe to use the word. Thanks, Benji, because I'm getting angry. <laughs> I, 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 I take everything that Matt is saying. I, I really do. I understand where he's coming from, but human nature, when it boils down to it, if you are big enough to throw out that kind of stuff and volleys of abuse at individuals, be big enough, man enough, woman enough, if that individual says, hey, what? You're saying that to me? I'm going to give you some back. We're adults about it all. And I take it there's kids watching and stuff. And listen, if the mics don't pick it up, it's not an issue. Because how many times have we seen footballers, it's not picked up on microphone, give it back, and you and you look at it and you wash over it. It continues. Because they come in. Some of the abuse that football, and I use football because that's the sport I watch on a, on a weekly basis. It's deplorable what they're getting. And no human, I take tribalism and all the rest of it. Some of this stuff, I've been in stands and I've looked at the fans and went, are you actually saying what I'm hearing? Well, that's what Nasser was saying. We've all been at football matches where the bloke behind you, as soon as the ball's been kicked, he's like, oh, who are you? You're rubbish. And I'm like, that's not the problem. Why are you even here, pal? Yeah, I know. What are you even doing? You've come here just to be angry. At the same time, I mean, we can't get away from the fact that, you know, leading by example to a certain degree, and no... And footballers give as good as they get on the field to opposition players, yeah. to referees, to linesmen, to etc., etc. So, uh-huh. if they're not yeah. setting that example, example, yeah, fair. The fans, who's who's leading who yeah. in that regard? Ah, that's a fair point. Listen, both need to just wind their necks in, in, in some. But you're right. If yeah, yeah, you've maybe got me there a little bit. If the players are being disrespectful to referees and some of the language that they use towards referees, I mean, it's a respect thing. It comes from the authorities. And Get the players respecting and it, referees, and, and it's not just footballers. You know, if you want to, if you want to see, if you want to see a, a, a volley of bad language, just search for um, uh, uh, for. Um, oh no! I've his name now. Uh, England, <laughs> England, England keeper. Come on, help me out. Uh, hey, Jordan Spotlight. Pickford. No, uh, Josh England, Butler. Josh Butler. Oh, the, 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 the other day oh, to yeah. Uh, Plessis. Yeah. yeah, just have a little look at that and then tell me, you know, that's what goes on on the field yeah, on a daily basis. That happens all the time out there. So, yeah, but again, it, it, there is this sort of this, this barrier. I mean, where do we draw the sort of yes. earlier than that barrier? Yeah, it's fair. Listen, the, the players on the field need to look at themselves. But, but again, I, I would still argue, Tom, even if it was sorted, and I've said for a long time, the powers that be need to ensure that there's more respect given to the referee. I'd still counter that even if that yeah. was to happen, the fans in the stands would still throw down some horrible, yeah. disgusting vitriol that is just, it, it smacks of tough working week and I'm going to take out my issues at home and my personal life and my work life. I'm going to throw it out. I'm not knowledgeable about football. Maybe I'm knowledgeable about football, but I'm going to just throw out this nonsense to get some angst off the chest. Yeah, against guys who you think on paper are living a far better and yeah. happier and more Jealousy. enriching lives Ugh, than you. It's horrible. Just, I mean, you look at Man United the other day, some of the stuff about Chairman Ed Woodward was just hideous that you could hear on, on TV. And, and absolutely not. We're not condoning any of that. But when it's a very personal attack like however silly it may appear to, to everybody else on the outside when it's one man shouting at one man within close quarters having sprinted 50 metres to make yeah. it he, he probably he deserved it back the bloke and to be fair to him judging by him he probably took it back it's just that it was picked up on cameras picked internationally on, on TV that, that would be the problem that's exactly it there's been another wicket at the cricket there's been goals in the FA Cup I'll tell you about the, cr- the uh, cricket now um, and it is 
Bavuma has gone. That man, uh, Ben Stokes, has taken the catch off the bowling of uh, Mr. Mark Wood, Mr. Reliable for England. South Africa slipping to 74 for five. Uh, the edge has gone straight into Ben Stokes's hands. Uh, England have been exceptional today, according to all those watching this game at the moment. Uh, and South Africa in a world of trouble. 78 for five at the moment. Uh, and uh, staring defeat down the barrel, unless they can get some sort of partnership going along. Uh, remember, if they uh, lose this one, they will be losing the series as well. And just to answer that, that goal that you just heard there, in fact, the goal that you heard about five minutes yeah. earlier that I don't think we, uh, we paid any heed to whatsoever in, uh, in the Emirates FA Cup at Burnley and another one of those all-Premier League guys, Burnley, who shocked Manchester United Cheers. this midweek. <laughs> any opportunity to give Chris a kick in who shocks Manchester United at Old Trafford they lose in 2-1 there they are now trailing at home by two goals to nil to Premier League basement boys Norwich Brilliant. City Grant Hanley scored the first on 53 minutes and then just four minutes later Joseph Jermich added it to make it 2-0 Pakistan beat Bangladesh in uh, their international T20 a little earlier on today uh, they didn't beat them they absolutely smashed them Bangladesh 136 for the loss of six wickets uh, Pakistan knocking off those with the loss of just one wicket, winning that one by nine wickets. Um, Matt Letizia in the we crowd. Yeah, Matt Letizia. Yeah, we'll do a quick break. Southampton Spurs nil-nil, uh, but we will do a quick break. And we've got loads more to discuss. Yeah. Tennis as well. well Tennis. Discuss that Australian Open day six. We'll have to give you a leaderboard on what's going on at the, uh, the golf today. Day three of the Omega Dubai Desert Classic. And Eddie Hearn's been talking up the prospect of another money maker in Saudi Arabia. No surprise there. Stay tuned. This is The Grill, live from Barasti, where the game is always on. Ben, you need to hit that goal button a couple of times, mate. Uh, just hit it now. Go on. <laughs> Feature game on the big screen down here at Barasti. Southampton against Tottenham. There has been a goal, although we had to wait for a while to see if it stood or not. We did indeed, Tom, and it has gone to the visitors. Spurs taking the lead on 58 minutes. Hyung Son Min with the goal, but all credit to that summer signing, that expensive summer signing, Giovanni Lo Celso, a gorge. Oh, Ooh, goodness me, that was close to a second one. And it was Lo Celso again, it the was. creator, really coming into his own the last few weeks. Giovanni Lo Celso, the Argentine, absolutely gorgeous run it was. He took about four, five Southampton players out of the game with a jinking run from inside his own half. As he prayed, as he stepped forward, he fed it into Eric Lamella, who was just ahead of him, maybe about 30 yards out. Off screen at that time, oh. Deli Ali was bundling into a Southampton defender. I didn't see exactly who it was, but that created a bit of space for Son. The ball was fed into him and he finished clinically into the bottom corner. At first, we thought it might have been offside as the referee went to check on VAR. And then we saw that Deli Ali, what looks like a coming together, could have very easily been given as a foul. But after about two minutes of checks and multiple replays, it was decided that it was nothing more than that, a coming together and no foul. So Spurs lead, one goal to nil. There's been another goal as well, Tom, I can tell you about down at the New Day, and it's Millwall, Gary Rowett. What a job he's done since coming in at that football club against Sheffield United. What a job. It's been said time and time again, but Chris Wilder has worked magic at that football club. I can tell you it's Millwall nil, Sheffield United 1, and it's Mohamed Besic, the Bosnian, and Herzegovina International, who has given Sheffield United the lead by my reckoning. That's his first goal at the football club. Yeah. Of course, former Everton, Everton. Middlesbrough yeah. boy as well. He's, he's a little terrier in the middle of the park, is Mohamed Besic. Perfect for Chris Wilder. He really is a workhorse in there. He is the man to give them the lead. Great finish as well. He's not uh, known for his long-range efforts, is Mohamed 
Besic. Lovely finish, though, from about 25 yards out, just after the hour mark. It's Millwall nil, Sheffield United 1. Bit of goal in the Championship as well. Um, just a few moments ago, it's Stoke who've taken the league there. Klukas yes. uh, getting the Form first Against goal. his former club. Oh, is it really? 16 and a half million, Sam Klukas. Oh cost yeah it's a, it's a, it's staggering that Swansea City paid 16 and a half million from Sam Lucas <laughs> from Hull City they did just that and again naming no names I was told one of genuinely the worst players that were in that squad <laughs> he was <laughs> mental for 16 and a half million but things like that happen don't they and he is the man to score the goal to give Stoke the lead against his former club so let's have a look at the Emirates uh, uh, FA Cup fourth round at the moment because there have been goals uh, let's catch up with a few of those so Burnley are trailing Norwich by those two goals still still nil-nil between uh, Coventry and Birmingham uh, Sheffield United you just heard about the goal there against Millwall Newcastle Oxford United still nil-nil loads of goals down at Portsmouth though there are indeed 3-1 at the moment 62 minutes on the clock so the home team looking uh, good for the points down there uh, they lead Barnsley by three goals to one still the same at Reading though isn't it one it is it is one apiece that was the early that was the quick starter yeah. as it were Callum Patson after five minutes and Yaku Miete after eight but we have no further goals down there at the Majeski uh, plenty of goals to talk about up in Scotland as well yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Celtic league leaders, of course, they lead by two points. Rangers have a game in hand heading in to this one this afternoon. I say this afternoon, this evening here locally. Celtic were leading Ross County by a goal to nil. This would stretch their lead to five points. They would have played two games more than their great Glasgow rivals. I can tell you that Celtic have doubled their advantage. Callum McGregor it was who gave Celtic the lead from the penalty spot after 37 minutes. I can tell you that Odsoni Edouard, the big Frenchman who is interesting a number of clubs in the Premier League, namely Leicester City. Brent Brendan Rodgers is a big fan, of course, spent £9 million to bring the Frenchman, the under-21 international, to Parkhead. He stepped off the bench, he's doubled Celtic's advantage. Elsewhere, Hamilton 2, Livingston 3, still 0-0 between Motherwell and Hibbs. And at McDermott Park is St Johnston 1, Kilmarnock 1. Do you know there's a team in the Highland League called Keith? Yes, there is. <laughs> I think there should be more football teams. You know who's born in Keith? Former, no. former central defender for Blackburn Rovers. Colin Hendry. Colin Hendry. Is he really? Keith's finest. You know where Keith is? No, I've got no idea. About an eight-minute drive. An eight-minute drive <laughs> from my home village. Oh, is it really? Keith. Yeah. So Falkabers to Keith. You go through Keith, through Huntley, through Inverurie, into Aberdeen. It's the friendly town is Keith. No so, word of a lie. They've got that, a sign that says So is this a derby town. because they're playing Huntley today? Yeah, that's a big, yeah, that's a big game. Keith v Huntley. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you, you jest. Probably I'm not I'm jesting. I'm just, I think more teams <laughs> should be called after male names. You know, <laughs> I'd old, like a team called Dave, if I could, please. I love was it, it. Was it not the Prime Minister of Kazakhstan in his final departure from we power? This? Renamed, Went to Keith. Renamed the capital city after himself. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> that is absolutely brilliant. I can tell you as well, no, Keith and Huntley is a big game even bigger game is Keith v Bucky Bucky Thistle okay. actually I've got a good mate who's centre half for Bucky Thistle it's where I cut my journalistic teeth <laughs> Highland League you're absolutely right and I kid you not door to door my house to Keith in about eight minutes and I, I, felt, I felt bad mentioning that I played at Griffin Park once at the start of the show we just had a I, I, geographical tour of northern Scotland I don't think I've had a <laughs> chat with you since uh, the Keswick Park is the name of Keith Stadium <laughs> <laughs> I kid you not <laughs> I, I haven't had a chat with you since um, since uh, I need to ask you about Aberdeen because what's going on with, 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 with the, uh, the Granite City is it still the Granite City? Or it not? is the Granite yeah. City. What's going on? Hosted the BBC Sports Personality. Yeah, it did. The new P&J Arena. 
state of the what art. All sorts going on up there. Peanut butter and jelly. No, peanut P and J Press <laughs> and Journal. It's a newspaper. Not many people read it, but yes, it's the P and J Live Arena. It's a heck of a new arena. You're right. The BBC lot took went up there into the airport, which is just round the corner. They all had their big BBC Sports Personality of the Year. Some oil companies are spending money. Okay, it's right. strange. They've laid off loads of people in the last couple of years, but weirdly, new infrastructure is popping up in Aberdeen. Brand new training at ground cost a fortune. They still need to raise 50 million quid to build a new football stadium for Aberdeen Football Club. A lot of investment coming over from the US. There's a man, big Aberdeen fan, who's a young boy who's now big in oil and gas over in America. Loads of money coming into the city. It's not great. I wouldn't advise going there between September and April because it's grey and dull. But after that, when the sun's shining, Aberdeen's a fine wee city. On the bucket list. Let's get down to <laughs> no, Spain. I'm calling the missus. We're cancelling that trip to South Africa. It's Aberdeen. <laughs> Let's get down to Spain if we can. Espanyol against Athletic Bilbao was 1-1 earlier on today. Bit of a shock on the cards, though, in the second kickoff. Matt, what can you tell us? You are absolutely right. Having missed a penalty earlier in the game, Valencia have needed another gift from Barcelona, and this time they have taken the lead. Jordi Alba with the own goal just after half-time. To be fair to him, I've seen it back. He just took a bit. It's a big deflection, a shot coming in from Gomez, the man who had had his penalty saved by Marc-Andre Ter Stegen earlier on. But it's Alba who reflects the ball in, and it is with 65 minutes gone. Valencia 1, Barcelona Bologna taking the points down in Italy. They beat Spal by three goals to one. Full-time's coming in over in the Bundesliga as well. Yeah, Bundesliga, at the, moment. the late game is Bayern Munich against Schalke. Schalke now managed by former Huddersfield town boss, David Wagner, but let's run through. I can tell you, Union Berlin, their look is set for a yeah. tuna win over Augsburg. Borussia Mönchengladbach have eventually come through 3-1 against Mainz. Marco Rose is Borussia Mönchengladbach. They've had a wonderful start to the season. I can tell you that Alessani play. The Frenchman has scored two in that one. Big shock, though, has come in Eintracht Frankfurt. They have defeated RB Leipzig by two goals to nil. It's Almani Turi, the former Monaco man, and Philippe Kostic, the Serbian international, who has scored the two goals in that one. Paderborn have beaten Freiburg by two goals to nil. Hertha Berlin, now managed by former Germany coach, former Spurs striker, Jürgen Klinsmann, they came off the back of a hiding against Bayern Munich last weekend. They've bounced back with a 2-1 victory at Wolfsburg. What all that means, and of course, Borussia Dortmund, 5-1 winners over FC Cologne last night. Erling Haaland, the young Norwegian who is garnering an awful lot of attention, scored a hat-trick off the bench last weekend, came off the bench last night, scored another two. He scored five Bundesliga goals in just 59 minutes of action for a Borussia Dortmund thus far. They will take an awful lot of heart from the fact that league leaders RB Leipzig have lost by two goals to nil. It can, the concertina effect up there means that Leipzig, Gladbach, Dortmund, throw in Bayern or Schalke, whoever's the victor in that one tonight, and it means we've got a proper title race over in Germany. But that's what's going on in the football. Uh, let's turn our attention uh, in a few moments' time to what's happening. In fact, let's do it now because uh, no better, no time like the present. Um, 2020 Australian Open got off to a bad start. What with everyone saying can't play in this is yeah. far too smoky. Uh, the weather conditions aren't great. It's thrown up some brilliant games since then, though, and some brilliant storylines. And they continue as well. Nick Kyrgios um, is all set to play Rafa Nadal oh. in a cracking clash in the last 16 at the Aussie Open uh, after 
a truly insane five-set win over Karen Kashinov. Kyrgios, who missed match points in the third and fourth sets, went on to win it in five sets. The 24-year-old needed nearly four and a half hours <laughs> to win the tenth third-round match against the big Russian, having led by two sets and a break-up as well. Keeps delivering, doesn't it? It certainly does. Federer pushed all the way by an Aussie yesterday, John Millman, who was 8-4, similar to the Kyrgios story, Tom. It was a final set tiebreaker in that fifth set and John Millman led incidentally just to put you in the, oh, in the picture I can tell you that Burnley have pulled one back yeah. it's Eric Peters the uh, Dutchman Eric Peters or Belgian it's Dutch I think former PSV Eindhoven and Stoke City left back who has pulled one back for Burnley but in the case of Roger Federer John Millman John Millman led 8-4 yeah. in that fifth set t- fifth set tie break and Federer reeled off six successive points after four hours and three minutes I think it was to book his date with Martin Fukovic of Hungary so you'd expect Federer to come through that and book a quarter final place but after four hours he's 38 now as Roger he needs to be making a little bit more serene progress if he is to really challenge for this one no problems for Novak overwhelming favourite he's won down there seven times for goodness sake Rafa Nadal straight sets victory for him as you rightly point out coming up against Nick Kyrgios who on his day gives Rafa problems make no mistake about that Daniel Medvedev though he's one to watch the Russian the informed player in 2019 59 ATP Tour wins more than any other player in 2019 for the young Russian he was a straight sets victor today Alexander Zverev who flatters to deceive yeah. somewhat the big serving German also safely through against the veteran Fernando Verdasco in straight sets and Stan Wawrinka a man lest we forget who's won three Grand Slam titles he well he was wrapped up in cotton wool early on because he won the first set against John Eisner six Four. He was leading 4-1 when Eisner was forced out through injury. So keep a beady eye on Stan Vavrinka. And from the women's side, I know what you're going to say. The big story from yesterday, Serena gone. Coco Golf, 15 years of age, 15. beating the defending champion. So I read something about that the, 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 she's limited with the number of tournaments she can play, isn't she, Coco Golf? Because of the age at the I moment. Should, I some, should absolutely hope so. Yeah, there's, 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 she's limited as to That's which staggering. she can play. And also she's limited as to what she can... Uh, Earned because in she's terms 15. Of, wow. Yeah. That makes all sense. Until she turns 16 and, and then can become... She's doing oh, what she's doing. I'm, I'm impressed with that. I didn't know that. I think that's, it's so important to A, keep you grounded and not be flooding your bank account with millions and millions of yeah. dollars, but also to manage your, to manage your workload on, on what is still a, a developing physique and a developing game. I think it's so important. You'd be, be very well where you look at some of the, the child prodigies, especially in tennis, actually. You look back to... Sellers and people like that who come through very early on and, and deliver incredible results, sort of generational defining results, only to then have them really, I'm trying to think of another phrase that's not washed up, because I don't mean it like that, but to, to really fall off a cliff in terms of form, because pe- yeah, your bodies are just put, yeah. too, put through too much too soon. I think that's really impressive that, that tennis insists on, on, on managing those expectations. Coco Goff, though, it's still a heck of a story. She's <laughs> up against Sophia Kinin tomorrow morning, 7.30 UE time, so by the time you come on air with the agenda, Tom, well worth sticking out. I mean, Coco Goff, it's a great story that transcends the sport of tennis. She's 15, absolutely. I know she's got good people around her. I know her mum and dad are taking an awful lot of great yeah. care in her. They're managing her well, but it's still a story that can't help but capture the imagination because she's 15 and yeah. there she is I mean, beating and let's spare a moment spare a quick thought for Naomi Osaka as well I mean what she's only 17 yeah. she yeah, she's what is it, Naomi 18? no no a little older I think she might be 20 now as Naomi but someone who 21 
is it tw- ben, 21 she is thanks Benji so she's a little older that is Naomi Osaka 21 but a two time major winner a Grand Slam winner US Open Australian Open last year and you know what uh, she, she very much wears her heart on her sleeve does Naomi Osaka she mm. hasn't hidden away from the fact that she's very candid she's very yeah. honest with the battles that she's faced with the, you know the expectation with the interest in her she said wait I struggle this isn't natural to me. This isn't. This doesn't come natural to me to to talk to people. You know, she was very honest with with Robbie and I, and we're scary people at the best of times. She was like, <laughs> "Who the heck are you two? What? You know, it's weird for me sitting down with you two blokes who I'm in Dubai. I don't know you, and yet you want ten minutes of my time." She was very honest with that, and she struggled a little bit. Yes, she's a fine tennis player. If she could only play tennis she'd do that. It's all the other extra bits that she's really struggled with. Did she, uh, and forgive my lack of knowledge on this fact, did Naomi Osaka come from nothing in so much as when she won that first Grand Slam and then followed it by the second, only tennis fans would have been aware of well, this she, she been in, we no, had on she'd our been hands? she'd been in Dubai. Uh, Reem Abolail, who is an oracle when it comes to all she things really tennis. Is. She really is. And, and, and Reem, I remember sitting with her in Dubai three years ago now when Naomi would have been 17, four years ago now, and Reem saying, got to go out to outside court and watch this young girl. Uh, this Japanese girl but yeah Reem was this girl is, is something special and I went really and she went yeah she's a bit temperamental but you watch her fly and I give Reem all the props in the world for that because she was absolutely proved to be correct and, and I think other people within tennis I'm not just saying Reem was a scout a BDI there were <laughs> other people in tennis that said this girl's got the game and the ability to go on and win slams she's done it I think Reem would admit she's maybe done it a little bit quicker than mm. an awful lot of people have expected and now she's dealing with the expectations she's still one and two and she's 21 for goodness and sake and that's the point I'm trying to make is did she did was there a was she managed well was it at 14, 15 we thought much like we now think with Coco Guff, we think this girl is is a generational talent yeah and that she was managed properly or was it almost like oh hang on a second she's really good she's not Grand Slam quality and now she's won a Grand Slam and then it's all come very quickly because I just I'm she's wary managed of well. She, she, she's managed well. In answer to your question, she's managed well. I think Naomi would admit, perhaps a little insecure. She's perhaps been a bit molly coddled. She's been in a bit of a bubble. And you know, when you are a prodigious young talent, you, you perhaps I, haven't. I, gr- I don't. No, Chris, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I don't either. Tom doesn't either. Tom, were you a decent cricketer back in your youth? Yeah, probably. You were prodigious at one point. You still are prodigious as a broadcaster. But in the in the in the case of Naomi, I think what's happened is, and Richard Gasquet is another great one. When you are in a bubble as such at a young age, you perhaps don't acquire the, the kind of life skills out with your bubble, out with tennis. And I think in the case of Naomi Osaka, all of this is new. She's had to do an awful lot of growing up in a short space of time because she's been yanked into press conferences and one-on-one interviews places she's a bit like whoa all I know is kind of tennis and she's a little bit like a rabbit and a deer in the headlights in that regard it's almost one of those that's uh, it's such an international sport isn't it tennis you're not necessarily with football or or a team sport you're very much put into you're very much protected from the international limelight immediately because you come through at club level and there's enough focus but the chances are you're living with your parents yeah. you're living in a hometown whereas with tennis you're traveling you, and everybody wants a piece of that pie yeah. the australian media want a piece of that pie the american media do the uae media do when you come here so you're instantly thrown into it so i can imagine it's a real challenge one of those sports like tennis to to kind of manage yourself andre agassi's book he admits yeah. it doesn't know where he's popping up at you know he'd open the curtains going where the heck am i i can tell you let's break away from the tennis chat because well tom's just pointed out that barcelona now then ernesto valverde barcelona fans the majority of which were 
I guess, celebrating his dismissal, felt that he wasn't in keeping with the football club. I can tell you, they've brought in Kiki Setien, former Real Betis, someone that is very in in keeping with the Barca style. Oh, he's suffering a little bit of a <laughs> dodgy start because they only got past Granada by a goal to nil. They were pushed all the way by uh, Ibiza. Uh, uh, yeah, you heard that yeah. correct. I love the best tweet of the week this part, the Lineker derby. Gary Lineker, <laughs> formerly of Barca, Wayne Lineker. Well, we all know Wayne, the elder brother of Gary, has some bars in Ibiza. <laughs> and they were pushed all the way where Barcelona, they needed two late goals from yeah. Antoine Griezmann. They're on the way to a defeat at the Mestalla. Jordi Alba with an own goal. I can tell you that Maxi Gomez, the Uruguayan, formerly of Celta Vigo, has doubled Valencia's advantage. It's Valencia 2, Barcelona 0. It comes to mind better the devil you know a yeah. little bit on that front it's not always greener there's loads of cliches I could throw out, I've thrown out too and we never quite got to the bottom of what exactly Ernesto Valverde did specifically boring apart from winning two titles yeah. and getting you through to knock out make a point yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're right Tom of getting, it's touche of getting it is boring but I think it's Champions League knockout <laughs> Ernesto stages. that wasn't kind of face didn't fit the Barca fans were, he wasn't sexy enough he wasn't he wasn't doing enough in keeping with the main club or whatever, and that's a terrible Spanish pronunciation like of that. main club. Well, that was an Englishman ordering something off a Casual. menu, wasn't it? By just <laughs> slowing it down and enunciating a couple of letters. <laughs> Sorry, any Spanish item. listeners, <laughs> I've butchered that. We'll move swiftly yeah, on Mr. that. Mr. Club. <laughs> Goodness me, Christopher. Uh, More than a club. You've been down to the, uh, the, the golf. I just want to talk golf very quickly because obviously you... What time's your broadcast tomorrow from the golf? Oh, jeepers. Uh, four o'clock. Just okay. tune in for 40 minutes and you'll hear Rob just on the golf course. So you'll be down there from four o'clock uh, seeing in the fine... Uh, the pairs get go out? It's pairs. pairs yeah. uh, so final pairing goes off at about five to one tomorrow. We should have a winner at about... F- all being well, no playoffs. 4.30, 4.40 tomorrow. Uh, leaderboard. Let's have a little look at that after round three of the Amiga Dubai Desert Classic. Uh, Wu and Perez. Hmm? Yeah. Yeah. Ashin Wu, the Chinese player who is, we found out today, managed by Chubby Chandler. He's delighted with his charge. 11 under par for his total thus far. 5 under par today, a 67. Gives him a one-shot lead over Victor Perez. And here's a little bit of niche on Victor Perez. Apparently, and again, I go to Robbie Greenfield on this, isn't your usual Frenchman, tall, languid, a little bit plays more like a Scandinavian, apparently, dating a Scottish girl and he resides in Dundee. Does Victor Perez? Yes, I said the exact same. Victor Perez, who had a great week down at Abu Dhabi HSBC last weekend, he is in second all on his own. 67-5 under par today. He's 10 under par. Then come three men on nine under. Tom Lewis, one of the rounds of the day, the young Englishman, seven under par. He's moved to nine under. Kurt Kitayama, the American, also nine under par, as is your defending champion, Bryson DeChambeau. He had a difficult day, a frustrating day in par. He posted a two under 70. That's taken him to nine under. Under par. Eddie Pepperell's all alone in sixth on eight under a frustrating day for the Englishman. Started as your overnight leader. Level par round today. Yes, it was solid. Yes, it was steady. But it wasn't making hay on moving Saturday. The names to keep an eye on out. Tommy Fleetwood, three under par for his round. He's seven under. Also, with winds expected to get up towards 30 miles per hour tomorrow, which will favour those that enjoy a little bit of Lynx golf, Shane Lowry, the, uh, the reigning. Abu Dhabi, well, I say reigning, he won Abu Dhabi last year, he's your reigning Open champion at Royal Portrush, the Irishman, hugely popular in these parts, formerly of course a sponsor, Bonningtons, Magetikins, where people that put their money behind him from a young age, Shane Lowry shot a three under par, he's six under, he'll start the day five under, but with the wind whipping up, the conditions might favour Shane, watch this space. Been good though, over the last three days? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie, there have been a lot of names at the top of the leaderboard where you think who, and again, that's me maybe more of a kind of fair weather fan, of course Robbie is more versed than I am and to, to tell you who a lot of these guys are, but there's no doubt, I mean, Ashin Wu, for example, world ranked number 366, wow. Chinese will be happy, out with that, I can't imagine there'll be too many that are aware of his exploits, I think he has won a couple of times on the European Tour, Victor Perez, Frenchman, world number 41, continuing, as I say, his fine form, the names that will stand out, Bryson DeChambeau, Eddie Pepperell's got a bit of a following on social media because he is quite candid. He does like to get involved and have his say on various topics, political or otherwise. Tommy Fleetwood, obviously, he's there or thereabouts, and Shane Lowry. If they can come to the fore, then for your Fairweather fans, for fans that will be looking at that leaderboard at about midday tomorrow and thinking, do I have a lunchtime meeting that all of a sudden has popped up in my diary? I think it will require those bigger names to do just that. As a social, though, I mean, some oh, changes down there over the last yeah, couple of... I mean, yeah. Last couple of editions, Tom, they've done they've done wonders. They've looked at Abu Dhabi up the road, no question. I'm not saying anything I don't think they would say themselves. They've looked at the DP world and what they've done and they've improved it immeasurably. I think in terms of a, a, an atmosphere, that final hole now on a Sunday with that amphitheatre that they've created is as good as there is anywhere. I think what they've done with the village and there's a real lovely little bar that they've opened up by the uh, range and a lot of the players able to wander over there and they've actually been mixing with the punters because what they've done is they've allowed them to pop on over and get coffees and drinks etc so they've been mingling with fans the whole thing is just it's been taken up a notch and it's credit to all involved and that's not a slight against the, the, the previous kind of uh, owners or bastions of it it's just it's it's moving with the times and it's great it's a great course and it, long may that continue and hopefully fingers crossed We've got a great final round tomorrow. Uh, Valencia have just had the ball in the back of the net for the third time, but looks like the referee has uh, conferred with VAR uh, to ask for the, pen the um, uh, corner from when the goal came uh, to be taken again. So I don't know if he'd blown the whistle as yet, but that has just been taken again. Remains 2-0 uh, in that game. Just other golf news for you. American Ryan Palmer has posted a 10-under-62 to take a two-stroke lead in the Farmers Insurance Open over at Torrey Pines. That's extraordinary, isn't 10 it? 10-under. He's level par for his opening round. For him to then shoot a 10-under and then lead by two. I mean, that is, that is decent going. It is indeed. Some of the big guns uh, also in that field. Tiger Woods four-putted the first hole and is six shots back at four under alongside Rory McIlroy, who had a woeful 73 a little earlier on today. Um, I suppose that's also indicative uh, of the struggles of uh, for tournaments around the world at the moment uh, these days, isn't it? When you've got something like the Farmers Insurance yeah. Open on running at the same time as the Amiga Dubai well, Desert Classic. Listen, not to not to not to be a slight against, I mean, Tommy Fleetwood, your Shane Lowry's, your Bryson DeChambeau's are big names in their own right, but then Rory McIlroy, make no mistake about it, after Tiger is the biggest draw in golf. Yeah. He is Europe's numero uno, de facto. He's over in the US, and then you've got John Ram, your Order of Merit winner, and he's over there as well, which is a little bit disappointing. Listen, each to their own, and the organisers of the Omega Dubai Desert Classic would say, listen, good luck to them, the door remains open to them, but yeah, that's the kind of guess, a little bit of the disappointment in all of it. Rory had a good year last year, it works for now he's got an American wife and being over there at this time of year clearly works for him so good luck more power to him but yeah it's a little disappointing we'd love to see Rory we'd love to see John Ram back here in Dubai because of course the field and, and the, the atmosphere is just a lot that much better when those two leading lights are in the field take a short break when we come back what do you want to talk about in the final 10 minutes oh we've got Arsenal transfer news <laughs> and we've also got some boxing yeah. potentially coming back to Saudi Arabia yeah, so story. you can just leave it to me if you like we'll to. do both of those <laughs> uh, anything <laughs> else you want to go for your chest no I'm off no you're done okay cool we will uh, come back with those next 
This is The Grill, live from Barasti, where the game is always on. Uh, right, let's get down to Southampton. There's been a goal. Who wants this one? Matthew. I will take it, yeah. No, I'm always Who happy to it, rain on Spurs' parade. Buffal. Buffal. Yeah, well yeah. done. So, uh, and Southampton, I'm watching over your shoulder, Chris, uh, as you guys have been rabbiting on about cricket. Um, Southampton have really <laughs> been, uh, <laughs> really been uh, knocking on the door of Spurs, so much so that Jose Mourinho was looking at trying to shore things up in the heart of midfield. Danny Ings went close, should have gone even closer with a free header he had about five minutes before. Eventually, Southampton did equalise, but on 86 minutes, it was Bufal running onto a beautifully laid-back ball around about 12, 14 yards out, gorgeous left-footed strike at full speed he was running onto it into the top corner Loris had absolutely no chance and one of those lovely celebrations where he was already in full speed having hit that ball and just stopped in front of the fans everybody going absolutely wild as he stood and lapped up the adulation so with one minute to go in normal time it is Southampton one Tottenham one I'll keep an eye on all of those uh, Emirates FA Cup uh, fourth round games for you. Uh, and uh, what well, we're into the last few moments of each and every one of those games. So I'll keep an eye on those for you. Hull against Chelsea as you late kick off at 9.30 this evening. Team news on that to follow. Um, so boxing back to Saudi Arabia, true? Well, that's the story, Tom. Uh, Eddie Hearn, who, <laughs> as we all know, Eddie, loves a quote, does Eddie. He loves a quote. <laughs> I mean, you've got to follow. No context, oh, Eddie. Of course. If you aren't doing it, <laughs> you've got to do it right now. But, uh, yeah, he's been saying that an offer has come in from Saudi Arabia. Anthony Joshua, has it been confirmed he's fighting Pulev yet? No. No, not yet. They're still, they're still uh, umming and ahhing about which mandatory is going to happen first, which belt he's going to have to give up because he wants to ignore Usyk. It's still a little bit up in the air. OK, what we do know is that all being well, all being fit, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder will meet again Las Vegas, February 22nd. Now, what Eddie yes. Hearn is claiming is that an offer has already come in to say, hey, we want Anthony in Saudi Arabia to fight the winner of that one. Now, I... Maybe a little hastily said that I would have. I was a bit shocked by that because I thought AJ won and done. Saudi have had him. It's ticked that box. But the fact they've come back to them tells me that clearly been impressed with what AG did for them the first time around. Yeah, certainly. I mean, they have to be impressed with themselves as well for the event they delivered. Chris, you and I, of course, were there with another good friend of ours. And and we've said it before. It was back in the same. We don't need to go into the details of what a terrific event yeah. it was. I have to say, from a boxing perspective and an interest perspective I think there's only one fight that they could make in Saudi Arabia and that would be with Deontay Wilder my feeling is that he's still not loved in the US Wilder he's still not a big draw AJ of course has won a performance in the US that he'd tend to like to forget and I think if it's AJ Fury which is what I do anticipate Wembley because I think Fury does beat Wilder I think that has to be a battle of Britain in Wembley Stadium I just can't see anything else beyond that of course money is not necessarily drawn from ticket sales it's drawn from broadcast and, and, and again in Saudi Arabia for the UK fight audiences it's a lot easier and a lot more palatable for it to be watched to, due to the time difference in the UK than it would do for an American audience to watch their man coming over to, to the Middle East to fight to fight Andy Joshua I just don't think that a British fight would come here there's just too much riding on it for, for British boxing fans who, who as we know are, are probably one of the best in the world yeah, I think so as well. I mean, listen, I think the mecca of boxing is Las Vegas. AJ's got to fight there at some point as yeah. well, doesn't he? My great, my, my great fear with, with AJ is that that, that, appear, that performance and, uh, and, and situation that unfolded at Madison Square Garden last year in June has scarred him. Look, yeah. he, he did terrifically well yeah. to come back and, and deliver such a professional and clinical performance in Saudi Arabia last month. 
I think he needs to bed himself back into the States before he goes all guns blazing into Vegas. Yeah, it'll be interesting. But the fact that Saudi are back to the table, Tom, tells you yeah. that some lot of money there. I'll be, I'll be interested to, to know what parameters they're putting on that that deemed it such a success. I think, obviously, from an event perspective, absolutely, it was an excellent, excellent success. But it was part of something bigger. Yeah. It was part of the Diria season. It was part of the Formula E. It was part of concerts every single tennis weekend. Was, it was yeah. tennis. There was, there was so much there. So I'd love to know what it is about it that they are suggesting would be worth bringing it back to it. I think, like I said, from an event perspective, well, great. Uh, what I the would international say. interest, I'd, I'd be curious. Well, what I would say, and again, it comes down to it, there are, there are one or two organisers of events who love this following phrase, <laughs> the media value. Uh, the media value <laughs> of what it was worth, because with the greatest of respects to Formula E, greatest of respects to Daniel yeah, Medvedev popping over there, the media value. AJ was adorning back pages of newspapers yeah, around the true. globe for that. So I think Saudi have maybe looked at it it's and said, hey, from a publicity stunt, from publicity that we got from the fight, yeah. well worth it. And it's also at a time, of course, the, the, the new tourist visas that are yeah. available. So if we're looking realistically, we anticipate AJ will fight again in April. I think you'd be hard pushed to organise a massive, massive event like that if it's Wilder, if it's Fury for later in 2020, then taking it on to 2021. Saudi Arabia, to my mind, is in the next stage yeah. of whatever messaging they're trying to push. So I just think it's maybe a bit early to be suggesting that they do that next because I think they've got other things that they need to start generating noise around and then it comes in the next phase. Uh, the Blades are through to round five. They have beaten Millwall. Two goals, two nil full-time full in that time. one. And full-time also down on the south coast. Portsmouth have smashed Barnsley by four goals to two. Goalfest down there, Pompey through to the fifth round with uh, that result. Tom, I hate to tell you this news. Your boys are out as well. West Ham nil. Well, that doesn't really come as a huge surprise at the moment. <laughs> but Davy Moyes, I mean, that is... <laughs> Do you see the midweek? Yeah, they were absolutely. I have to be careful that I don't do a Ben Ben Stokes here. That's for sure. But uh, (laughs) they were appalling. I worry a little bit for that. Yeah, yeah. that is. I agree. Slavin Bilic has gone there. It will be sweet for him. It will be. But yeah, West Ham. Davy Moyes. Any goodwill that he had, and they came in, of course. And what was it? Smashed Bournemouth. Mm. Now, oh, the natives will be restless and. I'm a little bit worried for Brighton and Hove Albion in recent weeks. They've won one in nine. It's Brighton against West Ham next weekend. And that is a six-pointer at the bottom end of the table, let me tell you. Indeed it is. Uh, We've got a couple of days left in the uh, transfer window as well. You've got your eye on that? I do indeed, Tom. And I think we've we've got almost certainly confirmed action. Fine, it's been a very underwhelming January, has it not? It hasn't even generated the column inches in terms of speculation that I thought. They've not even... The, the, the newspaper journals have got lazy they haven't even tried to throw anything significant nah. out there I think my, the, the most fun one from a selfish perspective was John Stones being linked with Arsenal which was one of the more baffling things I've heard in a number of transfer windows but on that note it is largely expected that in the next 24 hours Arsenal will the first signing of Mikel Arteta's reign it will be announced that 26 year old Spanish defender Pablo Mari will be joining the club listen there's no secret behind the fact that Arsenal are in desperate desperate need of reinforcements at the back but what do we know about this guy well he's not Jerome Boateng who of course they were linked with he's not Deo Umbaca Upem Help me out. Yeah. The lad from RB Leipzig. Uh, This French defender. (laughs) The French defender. And Picano, exactly. He's not him. He's not John Stones. He is a 26-year-old who's been spending the last six months with Flamengo in Brazil. Mm. And what he has done there, 
it was fascinating to me, he's, become, he's led the club with 22 appearances in those six months to become the first Brazilian team to have done the double, the Libertadores and the league, since Pele Santos Oof. in 1963. Oof, so he's coming, with, he's coming with pedigree. Tell him he's Do, Pele. <laughs> Arsenal have signed a new Pele, albeit he's a centre-half. On, on loan with an option to buy at the end of the year. But what he is, listen, let me, t- let me tell you a little, about, little bit about his career. He started in Real Mallorca in Spain. He moved to Gymnastique in 2013. And after three very successful years, playing more than 100 games, still then only in his early 20s, he was, did you know Chris and Tom and anybody who's listening, one of the first signings for Manchester City by Pep Guardiola in 2016. Was he wow. really? So that is obviously where that connection has come from with Mikel Arteta having also joined yes. Pep's team at exactly the same time. Never played a minute for City, did he Brilliant. not? He, he spent a season on loan at Girona, another season at NAC Breda in Holland and then another season in Spain at Deportivo La Coruña before finally leaving the Etihad this summer where he went to Flamengo in Brazil. Six months later... He's been spotted at Heathrow Airport with Arsenal's director of football, Edu, a Brazilian, and spoke to Goal.com earlier to say yes when asked if he was excited to be joining Arsenal. So I think we can expect that loan deal to be confirmed within 24 hours. And as we understand it, it will be an option to buy in the summer. Listen, that is any... I mean, I have not, not, not seen him play. I can't recall I've seen him maybe once or twice, maybe in one game I've watched. But listen, I can guarantee now that will be an improvement on Mustafi <laughs> and David Luiz because you two blokes could get centre-half for Arsenal right now. Tom, you've got to change your pace. You don't need it. You can play yeah. ahead Thanks Mustafi. So Thank you very much indeed for that. Yeah, we've got, well, if you've got if you've heard anything with the grass to the transfer window, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we're almost done. Um, uh, Barcelona has just been beaten, yeah, so problems continuing there. Yeah, that's a big one. Ernesto Valverde goes and Kiki Setien comes in. I liked what he did at Betis, but Real Betis are not Barcelona. Teething problems at the start of his reign and. Yeah, it was always questioned that in the last 16 of the Champions League, they were top of the league when he took charge. It's like, well, hold on a second here. You've mm-hmm. sacked a manager that's done all that. You've brought in a new man who's not experienced in a big club. I hope that doesn't come back to bite them on the backside because that is not a good start. Chelsea travelling to Hull uh, for their fourth round game a little later on. 9.30 kick-off there. Uh, which way is that one going, boys? Chelsea. Uh, I mean, listen, uh, Grant McCann, former Peterborough uh, midfielder, Northern Ireland International. He's done a good job at Hull City. Jared Bowen as well. Look out for him. He's a young boy that's interesting. A lot of Premier League clubs scored a bag full of goals for Jared Bowen. But yeah, Chelsea will win that one. Strong team that Chelsea put yeah, out. Yeah, and, and he's going for it is Frank. Chelsea, of course, again, another team that... Uh, I think there's a lot of teams in the Premier League that are thankful that Manchester United are doing so badly because they're distracted yeah. from a lot of the headlines that, that a stuttering Chelsea really could get. Same with Leicester City, and they went for it today. They did make a few changes. Chelsea making even fewer. I've got to be honest, they've, gone, they've made a change in goal, but some might argue with Kepa. I think the stat this week is conceding from 50% of the shots on his goal, conceded from both against Arsenal in midweek. He is out of the team. Willy Caballero coming in goal, but for the rest... It's largely what you might expect. You've got Cesar Azpilicueta there at right back. Kurt Zuma and Fico Tomori were the centre-half pairing until a few weeks ago. They're back together. Marcus Alonso, he's the one surprise for me at left-back. A midfield three of Mason Mount, Matteo Kovacic and Ross Barkley in. That means Kante drops out. And then a front three of Callum Hudson-Odoi. He's been playing a great number of games in the last few weeks. Uh, Michi Batshuayi leads the line. That, of course, not because Tammy Abraham has been dropped, but because he is injured. We're still waiting to find out exactly how serious his ankle knock is. And then here's Frank on the other side by Pedro. Looking forward to it. 9.30 kickoff, guys. 
9.30 kickoff. Uh, we will be settling in for that one. Thanks so much indeed for uh, listening. If you would like to have your say, then feel free to do so. Uh, do send your thoughts through to us now at Dubai I138 FM, at Dubai I Sports. Uh, Chris McCarty, enjoy the rest of your evening. Yeah, thanks. I'm looking forward to a big, greasy burger no for any veggies out there. Yeah. I've earned it. I've earned it. You have no indeed. No Veganuary for you then, no, Chris. No, don't be silly. You're going to have one? I'm going to have a veggie one because I'm doing Veganuary. Yeah, <laughs> lad. All right, lad. Okay. Is that what it's called? He's having Vegan a big, Veganuary. greasy veggie burger. A big, uh, greasy, impossible vegan nut roast burger. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, we'll be back next week between the hours of six and nine. Do join us then. Enjoy your sport. Get yourself down to Barasti where the game is always on. Good night. This is The Grill. Join the conversation. Text 4001 or message us for free on the Dubai Eye app. There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com.